I had to flip between these big massive amounts of information. Yeah. Um, but there was information that I thought would have been only pertinent to the space combat and it was on the other page and vice versa. Yeah. So I was doing these flips around. It just felt very fiddly and there was so much bookkeeping <laughs> and there was more, I spent more time thinking about what is my skill here, what have I got on my ship and it felt more bookkeeping than role playing and, yeah. and storytelling, which I don't know if that's, that's normal. Um, every GM approaches role playing games slightly differently um, and, and systems can be more narrative or more crunchy depending on what, what people tend to choose what they like. Yeah. I think it said a lot that our GM felt he needed to bring a quick um, guide to the rules and keep it on the table at all times yeah. and indeed referred to it over the course of the adventure quite a few times. Yeah. We hit a few stumbling blocks with rules that he and another player who was quite experienced who was there um, couldn't answer. Um, so there was... There was, that kind of irritated me slightly as well because we have been playing the playtests of Elite Dangerous RPG and there were some of those rules that I remembered from our playing and I, but I just didn't, I didn't feel right piping up to interject yeah. at, those, at those points. But right. um, Especially when we were supposed to be getting up a demonstration taste of this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so... Yeah, I just I felt completely disengaged yeah. from it. I think there may have been the, so there were certain things that I felt were generic in the adventure. Now I don't know. Again, I don't know whether that comes from the system itself or you know from the, the adventure that was made for us. I I don't know these things. I, I just I'm trying to give. I don't want to put any criticism on anyone, I'm just trying to say that it felt very, very clunky, I didn't feel involved, and at the end of it, I just felt that I didn't want to play anymore, yeah. that I, there was this, this disconnect, there were points in the story where you were trying to do something, and that was kind of pushed to the side, you no, know, you're not doing this, you're doing this. And I, I find it, it kind of felt counterintuitive to everything that I've had in my mind about role-playing. You know, about it being an open system where it's a relationship between players and a, a GM. It felt very counterintuitive to that. It felt like I was being led down the garden path, yeah. so to speak. And my, I think the, the last way I, I would finish it is that yeah, it kind of Uh, trading, high adventure, 
a far future game. You mean pirates in space? Pirates, traders, um, whatever you want um, as they say, fuck no. Um, <laughs> we um, we engaged in some space combat, which was yeah. effective. Um, we landed on a ship. We were split up, and one of us was amb one group was ambushed. We found information. We went to a place. We had to sneak onto a ship. The GM had us dress up as janitors. We snuck onto the ship. We were told where we needed to go, which was the big bad's lair. We stole stuff from his lair, and then we used escape pods to escape from the ship. That that was that's all things that you can do in a generic fantasy game. It wasn't us hacking stuff, yeah. or yeah. or dealing with or with strange that, individuals. That I was, yeah, um, I can kind of get my head around. Video games all my life, for fuck's sake. So, the you know, that, that kind of bad story, you know, that I've played that millions of times yep. in a video game, but I have also had fun with them because if it puts me the way that I interact within that world, mm -hmm. um, you know, if it's uh, Lara Croft, yep. you know, that you basically just given a Lara Croft video game plot, mm -hmm. but the way that she interacts within that world and she can jump around, the gun combat is satisfying, mm -hmm. you can do various things that you're in control of the character and you feel at any point, if you take a second of your concentration away from what you're doing, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, you know, when I played, when we played Traveller, it kind of had that feel as yeah. well. Yeah. I was in control. If I wasn't paying attention to what was happening, there was going to be consequences. There, I wasn't given. It felt like the system wasn't there for me to do this here. So you're presented with this situation. And the, the, to speak to to your your point that you've experienced this before, um, you're right. Um, it's it's cliched, and and my point is that it, the story can be cliched, sure, but it was a. Sh Pure showcase of what yeah. sci-fi elite dangers can be. Um, the yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think we're going for the same things here. Yeah, yeah. It's basically that the system. I don't know if we weren't shown enough of the system. It's like being given, it's like being given a DualShock controller for the PlayStation Four or the 360, mm -hmm. and not being shown that there's analog sticks and how to use them. Yeah. yeah. Or how to use the motion controls in a driving game. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was the case. I don't know if it's did, if that simple if that system simply doesn't have the, the the adventure certainly didn't play to our character strengths as no. well. Um, we were stripped <coughs> of the things which made us. Yeah, yeah. You know, you had your gun taken off you. I um, wasn't able to. Yeah. I, you know, do that kind of stuff. So yeah. yeah. So that that felt. Again, that felt like you know, so many, yeah, so many video games where it's clearly the, the developer is now wanting me to do something different, yeah. and it's a, it's you know, linear video games. You're used to that, and you know it's coming because you can see where where it's coming from. Yeah. You don't expect, well, I certainly didn't expect that in any type of RPG where it's this this linear thing. So the, the the first point I was I was, was trying about is that it wasn't a great showcase for the rules right, demonstration okay. of of what the game could or should be. Right. Is it, it? So I think at this point it's worth mentioning that both you and Ben have a little bit of experience within the the Elite Dangerous RPG. Yeah. So the the second problem for me is that the rules themselves. Um, right. Okay. So that was that's what what I was getting to was how much of that is an issue as well. Um. So, um, combat, which is one of the forms of task resolution in, in role-playing games, it's probably one of the more popular ones, but um, to hit enemies in combat, um, in other games you'd be rolling dice, adding a skill and trying to hit a single target number. 
Elite Dangerous seems to use a system fairly similar to that quote from Second Day D&D, where you have to establish, you're, you're, you're performing two or three calculations every time you roll to hit. Um, and if you're hitting two or three people in a single turn, that's a problem. It's really slow, it's really clunky. Um, yeah, the, um, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, so um, to put that in kind of lay, layman's terms, or you know, newbie's terms as well, is that I roll the dice, yep. and then the game stops, the, the, the game, well, everything stops. Yep. And there's a set of calculators that come out, and there's a secondary rule book that came out, and there was all sorts of things happening. game the night before but it felt a lot longer yeah it, yeah um so it wasn't the best experience for me yeah. uh, we were a bit naked <laughs> which i'm really sorry to hear
Gretchen's. Oh, damn. I thought you were going to forget. So, Gretchen's. Gretchen's is a game by De Vere, yeah. and it is based on the world of the dead. The world. Yeah, the world of Warhammer 40,000 <laughs> game. Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll do this one. Um, yeah, so we've had basically Mad Max style buggies with our uh, goblins in. We could pick, there was a bunch of different, I can't remember exactly how big, but eight maybe different clans of Yeah, so of I think there was a choice of either six or eight different yeah. characters that we could pick. Um, but I think it was only up to a four-player game. Two to four-player game. It's a four-player game, yeah. Yeah, so it didn't matter which colour you picked, you could interchange the clans with whatever colour yeah, you so wanted. One of, the, one of the cool things that we first noticed was that normally, you know, when you're playing a game and it has characters, you may be playing as, you know, Dracula. Dracula has the black pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the 
it was it was really fun. Yeah. We had it was it said half an hour on the box. It definitely didn't feel like half it an hour. It was not, but it was fifteen minutes. Yeah. I think. I think we we got a quick grasp of the rules fairly easily, and yeah. we were able to just go for it. Yeah. Uh, lots of fun. So you're rolling the the dice, and it's the first time the first roll that we did. I was taking my time. I wanted to make sure that I had the perfect three dice. Yeah. Ben got the first roll in, and he, he shouts, he gets us to stop. Yep. And put his he, he got away and he got in the lead, and he did it again. And I thought, right, okay, the, the trick in this game then is to you know finish and have my three dice rolls before Ben. Yeah. And so the, 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 the trick then is to get the second best. You know, don't get yeah. the ultimate combination. Get yeah. the second best. If you, if you can get two dice, if yeah. you can get two dice that are going to help you, that's good enough. Yes. <laughs> who, and, who cares about the third one? Yes. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. And was, the, the the take that is quite cool because Ben says he's going to hit me, and I can see that Ben's got three blue and two red. You've got this moment where he's selecting the cards, and he doesn't know which ones he's selecting. So that yeah. it's it doesn't feel too combaty, take batty. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, good fun. Yeah, just a nice little start game. Uh, one of the things that uh, when we were speaking to Debeer about it, what they said is if you were feeling you know rather brave and up for some complete mayhem, you can add two boxes together and you can have an eight player race yeah. um, so it is something that they have thought about and they, they've even given you know, guide right, excuse me, guidelines the rules for that's pretty much Mario Kart that, territory that, that yes. would be, yeah, yeah. yeah, you would need a, a pretty big table yeah. Yeah. to yeah, get eight people going across because that was the other thing, if you hit the edge of the table or in our case a bed when you're playing on, then you can't go any further Yes. There's, yeah. no, there's no like loop around, so you need to make sure you can get your buggy three back, across, in, yeah. back into the yeah. center of the, the road, yeah, essentially. Nice. That was quite good. It was a lot of fun. It's the first uh, license game that De Beer have done as well. Yes, that's right, yeah. So that was that was quite cool. I rather enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, in terms of seeing things today, I don't think we've seen much. So you want to, I, I think, should we just kind of do... There was one thing that I, that I saw, um, which I actually got down to have a sit and play. Uh, something, a game I saw last year and never really got a chance to see was, was called Fourth Quarter Football. Right, okay. Now, everybody is familiar with Blood Bowl, yeah. which is American football with Warhammer Fantasy. Warhammer Fantasy, various different classes. You can buy a lot of different teams for that game. Um, fourth Quarter Football is... The American football side of this, done religiously to the rules of American football. Is this American football subutio? It kind of is a little bit, yeah. Except you're not flicking stuff. It's more, it's more that you're rolling dice and, and doing the moves. So with this, you have to actually call a play right. before you start. You you draw a hand of three. And out of those three, you pick a play that you're going to you're going to call. Yeah. You pick a play as a backup, which is your audible, and then you put another one in the bank for later. And then you line up your formation, and then the defense will line up their formation. And at that point, you can decide whether or not to stick with your current play or switch to your audible. After that, you have to announce whether or not it's a pass or a run play, and then you go into the movement phase. So. Ben, please keep at least one hand on the wheel, I swear to God. <laughs> your, your, <laughs> your running players <laughs> will have a, a movement value that's kind of split into two. So they have a first phase and a second phase. And the first phase is all about... Just for any policeman listening, that Ben has actually got his hands on the wheel at all times. <laughs> 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 just to get a very bad jump. ten. Two ten. It's ten somewhere, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the players have got two movement phases. They do the first one, and that's where you're trying to jink and fake the defence uh-huh. and kind of make them second guess about where you might go beyond that phase. Um, the defence then gets to have a shot at moving, 
and they can block off some of your runs. And if your runners are still free, then they can continue their run before you throw the ball, if that's what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, and then where your players end up and where, where, in relation to the play that you called, will dictate some bonus for the dice that you roll to see whether or not the throw is successful. Your, your players have all got stats as well on their cards, which show that they are stronger in certain positions in the field. And the quarterback, for example, is better at throwing to the right-hand side of the field than the left-hand side of the field, because he's right-handed. Right. Uh, or he's better at making really, really long throws rather than short ones. And that would give another wee bonus to when you roll the dice. Yeah. Uh, and then, it, it works like actual American football. Your player catches the die, the defence needs to come across and tackle you, and then you set where the ball is, and you start. You go again from there. I'm going to ask the really obvious asshole question. Yep. How is it different from Blood Bowl? You're not killing players. You're not butchering players. Okay. It's all the... You don't call plays in Blood Bowl, uh -huh. as far as I'm aware. Um, players don't all move at the same time. Mm -hmm. the, the plays are, are actual American football plays from, from playbooks. All of the movements and the stats are based on real terminology for, for the sport of American football. No, other than that, it's American football, which is what Blood Bowl was imitating in a sense. So, yeah, there is there is definitely some similarities there. Right. Um, the game plays over 15 turns, essentially, because it is, it's, it's called fourth quarter football, so it's basically, you know, this is the last quarter, so we're just finishing up the yeah. game. Rather than okay, okay, this is like a three-hour-long game of American football, which I think that yeah, that's probably a smart move on their hand. Yeah. You don't have to put ants in between every play. Exactly, you totally good. Oh. Um, yeah, I I quite enjoyed this, which I was I was glad at because, like I said, I saw it last year and I was I was kind of interested. I didn't back it on Kickstarter because. It's, it's not a cheap thing because you're investing in the game and a team. It's, it's still that whole model where you can buy certain teams. I think the Kickstarter, the kits come unpainted, which then allows play, uh, buyers to paint them in whichever team colours they, they want. Because people will buy them and paint them in their favourite NFL yeah. teams. It doesn't have any NFL licensing. Mm. Um, the, the chap I was speaking to said he, the, there was just no point in trying. Expense all yeah yeah yeah, um, but no I'm I'm really quite keen to see it once it comes to retail which I think will be if I remember rightly kind of start of next year. Okay, so it's not is it going through any crowdfunding? It's already it's already been through Kickstarter. It's right. already funded. Uh, the backers I think will get their copies towards the end of this year. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so what I was going to say was you know just maybe just a general thing about you know, general impressions of the show and things. One, I was going to try and, I knew someone would bring this up. Mm -hmm. um, you just brought it up sooner. You've said a word that we have said over and over since we got to Birmingham. Fans, fans, fans of the podcast. Advice <laughs> yeah. for anybody who guesses how many times. Yeah. Yeah. Reach yeah. in the comments below. No. Yeah, um, yeah so the, that word is Kickstarter. And it was either our Kickstarter has just finished and we're showing this game off, or our Kickstarter is coming in three months' time and we're showing you this thing. The prototype, yeah. Yeah. There was guys that had been there and said, we're a Kickstarter company, these are the three games that we have for you right now, we'll show you how they work, you can buy them, that's brilliant. By the way, this is our next project, this is what we're working on, just to give you a little peek behind the scenes. What was your general thoughts and feelings about the amount of Kickstarters? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It's it's kind of the done thing now for new board games. It's their easiest way to market now, isn't it? Well, it's for new board games. Yeah. Board game designers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously board, game is ha board gaming is having a bit of a resurgence at the moment, so there is a lot more new designers about 
coach, uh, tour managers, you are fighting with each other to get the stuff, to get the most fans. Yeah. And you'll cut people out or you'll include people you don't yeah. like. I, and it, it worked. Yeah, it is. It's it's one of those when you look at it and you go, you know, for, for the money that it is, that the game, it's light, it's a lighter game, it's a negotiation game, it's not going to last too long. Yeah. But then you look at the presentation, the whole aesthetic, and you, you need to take that into account. You are getting some amount of stuff in it, and it's just the presentation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I ended up, I picked up a copy of it. It was, it's one of those things that, when you take it to the table, people are just gonna, they're gonna freak out. They're gonna get it. It's, yeah, so that's, that's cool. Then, I have a feeling that... Look all to me. <laughs> I have a feeling that if we had actually got a full playtest of Crusader Kings, then I might say Crusader Kings. But because we only really got a sneak preview of it, I can't really put it in there. Would we not still be there if you were playing a full game? Probably. Or? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, you have, you have children. Thomas had to go home today, so... Yeah. Yeah, if there was a full working prototype there, we would, probably Ben wouldn't be here to record this because he would either be I think I am also going to say band manager. Cool. And yeah, all right. I, w I went across to the stall with half an intention to buy the game, and the guy said, Oh, your friend was just here and bought a copy. So I was like, Okay, I'll go play this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that being said, I picked up a lot of Oink games, games, and they're the ones I'm most excited about cracking out. Yeah. Right. Um, because they're, they're really neat. Yes. Yeah, um, so Ben and myself were wandering around on Saturday. 
think Friday. Oh, yeah, was it Friday? I think it was Friday. Well, okay, yeah, could have been Friday then. Uh, we're wandering around and Ben's going, should we go down here along, you know, and he's got kind of the map in his hand. No, we didn't have the map in his hand. Ben yeah. says, do you want to go this way? I said, all right, okay, but look over there is the booth with Space Cowboys. I said, I want to go there and I want to see what they've got in terms of uh, whether they had a deal on these Splendor uh, expansions or new time stories or something. And I was like, yeah, cool, we'll do that. We never saw it again. Couldn't find it. Could not find it. Gone. Gone. It was, just, yeah, it was a mirage. Yeah. Because um, that's what I said to Ben. I said, I must have been half drunk. And he said, no, no, I've seen it. You've pointed it to it. A sheer delusion. <laughs> yeah. So that is, um, it is, I, I think it's a known condition. I think it's called convention blindness. That or the substance is working. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was bizarre. But, yeah, the convention blindness is real, people. So, it, but yeah, seriously, guys, was there anything that you'd? Um, I curse my frail body because um, I, I just I couldn't move around that convention floor anymore. I'm, I'm ruined uh, as a human being. There, there was a ton of stuff that that I would have liked to have seen more of, um, and, and chat to, to some vendors or, or, or a few more of the indie guys. Yeah. Um, really my disappointment is I didn't get to speak to more people <laughs> yeah I think um, you do get to a point where you get sort of convention fatigue and that's it and your, your body's like right I'm done my general impressions of the show that you guys would know better than me though uh, so this year compared to last year how much of an improvement if any was it everything I heard from the exhibitors that had been there last year and yeah. again this year were it's busier but less crowded yeah because they had opened up hall one a bit further because the, the stairs went up into hall two so there was all this extra space so the, the consensus was there's more people here but everybody's a bit more relaxed and can breathe a little bit better because the yeah. corridors are not just elbow to elbow with people trying to sh push past to find the game that they're looking for so and the fact that they were able to use two two halls which were right next to each other uh, and put a, a thoroughfare between them yeah, yeah. It made the, the convention feel more joined up especially for those stalls that were right at the top, top of the stairs in hall 2 yeah. they absolutely loved being there because everybody was going past their yeah. stalls so. yeah. uh, I think that will be the kind of prime real estate for next year Yeah, I, I think it was very well organised there was plenty enough spaces Stalls, yeah. people could walk. They had the, the where the the playtest area was. I thought was really good. Perfect. Yeah. They had what the thing that I really liked was the, the guys that were catching you as you were coming up the stairs. I got caught a couple of times. I felt like I was getting caught by a charity mugger because <laughs> I, I had to meet up with you guys. I'm coming up the stairs and the guy went, "Hi, would you like to play a game?" And it's and I felt really guilty for saying it because it's the line that I use when I try and get away from the charity yeah. because I was like, I'm sorry, I'm running me, I've got a meeting. Yeah. And yeah. I really, I honestly did because I had to catch so up with you guys. That scene from the airplane where the, the pilot's walking towards the airport and just like gets attacked by all the, <laughs> beating them up. Um, um, the, the one, I, I spoke again with uh, Inger from yes. Absolute Dice, yeah. who, you know, in terms of position in the hall, she was way over the side. When we spoke to people from that side last year, they were pretty unsatisfied with the amount of people yeah. passing their shelves. But she could not praise the organisers of the expo enough. She was super happy with everything they'd done to help her get her stall set up, get all the furniture she needed, have her yeah. advert in the the magazine, the brochure. Yep. Yeah. You know, everybody we spoke to was just really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a ton of people that we did get to see that we've not had a chance to, to speak about on the podcasts. Um, I'm working on the write-up just now to give everyone their props, like Jordi Rodriguez, um, uh, Breck, Lila and Kerr from Illyrium Games. Um, the names 
are bleeding out of my head right now. Yeah. Uh, but they will all be covered off in the, the right up, which will be soon. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that that's cool. I think. Um, excellent. Purchase uh, purchase of the show. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, your best purchase. Uh, let me have a look. I, I spent so much money. I spent more money than last year, more money than I should have, but not as much as I wanted to. Yes, if you're listening to this, this will be the last known recording of Ben McKinney. <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, he's got to get absolutely... Is, it, is, is there such a thing as accessory before the fact? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I think we're okay. I, All think, right, okay. I think you and I are fine. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, as long as we remember the story is honest, we did try to stop him. Yeah. And I'll smack you in the face to give you a bruise. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Yeah, we're Says the I'm man sorry. who handed me money and said, buy the game. Oh, right, okay, so this is the game we're playing now, is this, it? This we're playing the incrimination game. Yeah. Your Honour, uh, I'd like this on tape, I have nothing to do with this. Um, I, I'm referring to... Lot. I'm referring to my purchase of the weekend, which was at the reverse auction table. Yeah, I think we, sp- we spoke we, about it yesterday. Yeah, we spoke about it yesterday, the purchase of Game of Thrones. Yeah. For so that, that's your purchase of the, the convention? Yeah, that's it the, has to be for the saving I got. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks very much, and we will catch you again on the regular podcast. So until then, 
See you later.